0: Welcome, everybody, to issue 15 of Graphic meanings My name is Gareth Case, and I'm joined by a dynamic duo who believe love is the most powerful feeling there is. Chris Alida. I love you. And Billy Lowe. Hello. Hello, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's been a big delay, so apologies for that, but we are here now and hopefully we should get back to being more regular soon. Um, a lot well, of that is just because we've been busy with work and various things. There we go. Well, it was, it, it was mainly my fault, so
1: I do apologise to the thousands of people who listen to this podcast. Um, I went to Berlin to ride bikes and I crashed, um, and... Had to have three stitches in my nose and two
0: in my lip. Oh, um, well, this so this sum- that was a shame. So this sums up in some ways how long it's been because I look at you and I can't see any yeah. notice Thank of you. you having stitches. Thank you very much. So, you've also you well. didn't uh,
2: take any medical insurance, did you? No, none of right. that. Um, right. right um, and
1: was refusing medical treatment because I was like, I've got no money or insurance, and they wouldn't. Um, not to treat me, which is probably wise, thanks to the lovely German doctors who did tell him to shut up eventually.
2: Um, you also had the really, really good suggestion um, when you've been in a serious bike accident of don't worry about taking me in the ambulance because that might cost money. I'll just cycle my no. bike behind the ambulance. <laughs> I did say that. I'm not going to lie. I did say that. But those was, that was bad
1: decisions that I made. And so, I was like, yeah, sure, mate. No, because they, they wouldn't... streaming onto the pavement. So they wouldn't allow me to take my bike in the back of the ambulance. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do with it? And they were like, you will just have to leave it here. And I said, I can't. And then I was like, how about you just drive the ambulance in front of me and I'll just
2: follow you behind... And they, they said no, which is ridiculous. But People in those situations when they start something with how about, it's <laughs> always a bit ropey, I think. So, wait, wait,
0: but wait like, let's just take a couple of steps back. So, you had the accident, so, right. not, so we haven't even gone to the details of the accident. Okay. Who, who called the ambulance? No one calls an ambulance. So, I had a crash.
1: Uh, I was there for the fixed gear world championships, fixed 32, rad race, 42, sorry. And, and just to clarify, were you competing in that? No, 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 no. no, okay. no I wasn't racing. Um, you were
2: asked that quite a few times on the
1: Yeah, thing, you? yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just having a really good time like mashing around Berlin and all the streets were closed and I was overexcited and I came to a kerb and as I was approaching the kerb I thought that's too high to bunny hop but I thought I can do it I couldn't do it so I went <laughs> to bunny hop the kerb and instead of landing it I did but my front wheel punctured and then I just went face first onto the pavement um, and thus split my face open and bled everywhere. And then there was some tourists were just throwing tissues at me to put on my face. Um, and then a lovely German man came... When you say to tourist, the... you mean... Tourists. No, okay, so, not like, so English people? No, no, just no. random people okay. who were in Berlin. Right, uh, right. Not people that I was with, because I was on my way to the end of the race to meet the people that I was away with, right. and... They threw the tissues at me, said Do you want to call an ambulance. I was like, no. And the guy he was like, there's a bike race that's finishing like five kilometres away. And I was like, yeah, that's where I'm on the way to. And he was like, there'll be a first aid tent there. So that's where I went to. And then he was like, oh you've you've punctured your front tire. And I was like, that's fine, I'll just change the, the flat here. So I did that, like as blood was like pouring out of my face. <laughs> I and mean, there was like a puddle of blood and my wheels were covered in blood and these people were taking photos of me whilst I was doing it. And I was like pumping the tyre up, like obviously more and more blood was coming out.
2: And at this point you're 33 years of it? 32, i 33 in
1: two months. Uh, and then I get to the end of the race and obviously like my hands, because I cut all my hands as well and my face, so I'm like caked in blood all over my arms and face. And as I get to the end of the race, the police pull me over, and they're like, "What? what's happened? And I was like, I just crashed on the way here. It's fine. I think it looks worse than it is. Obviously I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Everyone thinks I look mental. Uh, they, they just give me like really dodgy first aid, which is just literally to bandage my whole face. So all you can see is like the slits in my eyes and my mouth. And they're loving it. They're just laughing. I'm laughing, for some reason I'm in no pain. <laughs> I don't know why. i discovered I've got a really good pain threshold. And then I got to the end of the race and everyone's like, what the hell happened to you? And I was like, that's fine, it looks worse than it is. <laughs> and then I went to the a- the first A tent. And they were like, yeah, you definitely have to go to the hospital and that's when all of that happened and I had to leave my bike behind but thankfully it was still there. And then yeah, I went to the hospital, got the stitches, got back to where my bike was. Cycled to, uh, Kreuzberg. Met up with a couple of people. Had a pizza. Drank a few beers. Went to the after party in Tempelhof Airfield. No recollection of cycling home. Totally wasted. It's was great. Brilliant. <laughs> good time. Didn't
0: ruin my holiday. That did really you um, own Did you lock up your bike? Yeah, in the yeah. medical. Team. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just when you were like, uh, luckily it was still there. Just, yeah. I didn't have you. Were...
1: But it was. But the reason why I was lucky it was still there is because the pro race had fit was like in the process of finishing, or it had finished, and they were taking down all the scaffolding and oh. the medical tent at the point I got there, so there was a cut-off time. Uh, and then 14 days after that, I had to go to France to do a bike race in the Alps. But thankfully, my face had recovered within those 14 days. And
0: when you went to France, did you take medical insurance this time? Uh, or travel insurance? No, but I didn't crash that time.
1: I've, I've now got an e-hit card. So, hopefully... If they do send me a bill from the
0: Berlin Hospital, it'll, it should be alright with the NHS, I reckon.
2: Who knows? Yeah, I think it'd be okay.
0: Right. I mean, if there's any other insurance, they can't backdate it, but would, it, would that
2: work? Who knows? You, I don't think your e hit card is just, you, you're entitled to one anyway, yeah. and you say... Yeah. I don't think it's a, it gets backdated. I think it'd be fine. Um, but yeah,
1: that was it. So apologies that, that was, it was my fault that we got delayed. We were meant to record when I got back from Berlin. But obviously, I had a broken nose and stitches in my face, so I felt a bit sorry for Do you myself. have a picture of it? Have you got a picture of how you looked? Yeah, I've got several. That we can put online, I mean. Yeah, sure. We can do a triptych if you want. Yeah, we should. Uh, because the final picture's great, because I couldn't... Because where the stitches were in my lip... I couldn't shave over it, so I had to have a little moustache for a few days.
0: Something like that happened with you once, didn't it? You like, you like, great You did yeah, something to your chin. You
2: see the yeah, I fell on my bike. It was kind of icy, and I sort of like just munched my chin on the floor, and I was knocked out, I think. And I sort of quickly came to, and then just sort of looked at the ground. And it was just like red, gloopy thing, like on the ground, my face. I was like, oh no, I couldn't move my jaw, and then um, my girlfriend was with me, and she. I was like, this. it's kind of like you. I was like, I can't see this. It feels really bad. There's a lot of blood. I know you're not really supposed to go to A&E unless it's really serious. So she was like, well, let's go to the doctors, not A&E, because we're not sure. And it's like, I had like 10 stitches in my chin, so it's a hospital job. So he went to the doctor's surgery and sat in the waiting area, and the people there with like coughs and colds, (laughs) just absolutely (laughs) horrified. It's just blood pouring out of this tissue. And and Gemma just kept being like, yeah, I I think this is the right idea. We go to... Doctors first, then A and E. But
0: it is difficult to know, though, isn't it? Because i not. Because like...
2: you don't want to like go down there and then just be like, oh. But I mean, in this situation, it was so obvious. I think that the, I mean, the, the doctor just looked it in, like he's just like, I'm not doing anything with that. He said you need to get to hospital. So um, I mean, it was it was it does I guess in the grand scheme of things, yeah. it didn't make a difference. But what was weird about it is that the doctor seemed kind of inconvenienced about it a bit. Yeah. It was kind of like, why are you here? And it was like, well, you tell us to come here. We're just we're just playing it by the rules. I remember. Um, yeah, I remember one
0: time like quite quite a while ago now, like over ten years ago. Like I had like a real sore throat and my glands were up, and I hadn't been to doctor for years, like literally probably about like six or seven years at this point. And I remember like, and I called up and I called up my doctor's surgery, and this is when like I'd moved town, so it was like a good sort of six seven miles away. And I called up and then I was like, um, so yeah, I think I want a doctor's appointment. And then like, do you need an emergency appointment? And of course they say the word emergency, and I'm thinking like, broken arm you know, like, need need emergency treatment. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know if it's an emergency. I mean, it might be all right, like, tomorrow or something. So, oh, I'm like, oh, don't worry about it, I'll leave it. And yeah. then as the day went on, I got, I got worse and worse, and the pain started hurting, hurting more, and I thought, do you know what, I'm going to have to go to the doctor's. So, and I'm going to the doctor's. It turned out I had mumps. And then, and like, my face just swelled <laughs> massively. The, carrying this around these gigantic balls back
2: <laughs> the doctor's. I think, I think they just use emergency for a kind of, like... Replacement word for drop in. Yeah, so I called him the other day. My son had like a little, a little like skin eczema thing on his face. And I was like, it's not serious, but we need to have a look at it. And they were like, no, just bring him down straight away. And I was like, he well, sort of said it was emergencies, but yeah, I think they just used that to like push away anyone that was thinking of going down there with a the Veruca
0: Yeah, and also a lot more obviously, um, focus on kids, aren't they? Especially yeah, yeah, ba- so, Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, babies. Yeah. So I wasn't even going
1: to go to the hospital at all until the A and E place forced yeah. me to.
2: You're really dedicated to saving. Um, the NHS or any medical institute yeah. money, aren't you? That you won't even go. Yeah, I wouldn't even go. So it's fine. I would have just laughed it off.
1: You're a modern day superhero. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, and I do wear a cape. Yeah. And your
2: tagline is, it looks worse than it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that was fun. it was great. And then obviously I was uh, in France for a bit and then in Jersey. I was in France last week, actually.
0: For work. was it? Went to Paris. Is all right, Ooh, very fancy. All uh, right, nice. in Slovenia. Yeah, I'm Slovenia, yeah. yeah, it's a lovely,
2: beautiful place. Stayed on the farm, it's very nice. So, when
0: you say we've been busy with work and stuff, we haven't actually, we've all just sodded off on holiday. Um, so then on the subject of superheroes, there's been two pretty massive superhero films that have come out since we last spoke, which we've both seen, yes, we've which actually we've all, all seen, sorry, seen not them. both, but uh, and then we saw Wonder Woman together, didn't we? Did yes. so really, should we talk about that because. For those of you who follow us on Twitter, which actually I forgot to say, so follow us on Twitter, slash Graphic Wieners, Um Some of you will know that obviously our leader um, gave us some tweets to really anticipate what happened. So, yeah, go. Uh,
1: I cried about fifteen times. <laughs> Quite a lot, um, even by my standards. I'm a crier in the cinema, it's fine.
0: And is that because you were just overwhelmed by the story, or, you know... Um, I can't really remember
1: what happened in the film, or why I was crying, but I definitely did cry. I was moved. It was great to see a female superhero. Did you cry when she came over the top? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. I think I cried... I was crying on the beach when they were just fighting. Uh. I cried for pretty much ten minutes into the film until the end. And then
2: I, I looked around at one point because so I thought Bill was crying, but Bill if wasn't I crying. If I was crying, it would have been for very different yeah. reasons. <laughs> um. The, uh, the, the best thing about the film, though, is um, Lee did his great thing at the beginning of films, which is to talk really loudly over the top of the adverts, which, <laughs> which I do always really... absolutely love. Which is, I still don't understand your why it's a faux lie- lie- pas. It's not a faux pas, it's brilliant. It's just, you, like, your loud commentary of what's happening in the adverts <laughs> before the film that everyone has to enjoy is absolutely amazing. Like, you figure in your living room, you're like, he's driving a car, where's he going? It's mean, like, really, like... Mundane comments about the car. <laughs> but he was driving a car in, in the Antarctic. Yeah. What's the point in that? That's not the car you want for like going no. to Tesco to get your shopping. Is was, it? it? Well, it's, it was obviously nonsense. Yeah. Uh, he was Sh- Ernest Shackleton's oh. grandson or something. I don't remember that. Anyway, he, um, it was, that's my favourite part of the whole cinema experience, really. Well, you know, you I at
0: so, in hindsight, then, with Wonder Woman, what would I and, give it? Yeah, and we'll kind of, and we'll try and keep this as brief as possible because. We're about six months out of date. Yeah, <laughs> but because well, as you can tell, Bill hated it. But for you, leader, what was it? Like, do you, I don't do, you know. do you not look back on it?
1: And... I I look back at it and think I had a great day, and I just thought it was really rad to see a female superhero finally represented standalone. Didn't get like the crappy bit part like in uh, Batman v Superman, and I thought she was like a genuinely really good character. She was. I mean, it was a shame that it was down to a love story with a man yeah. that was like the reason why she kind of decided to fight on. I was like, ah, she doesn't need that. I mean, the love interest is fine. The love interest is, is A-OK. But I felt that is it, it yeah. was
0: strong enough to have been... She says that she believes in love, is that right? Yeah. So it's funny because my intro, people might think, was a reference to Wonder Woman, but actually wasn't. It was a reference to this book.
1: Yeah. Love is, yeah, yeah, love is everywhere. Cool. Love is all the around us. Yeah. Uh, I guess um. But, so, yeah, I... I remember when we came out and we spoke about it, and we were like, yeah, it was kind of stupid, and it is weird that the whole film is just a flashback based on a, a photograph. Um, but I, I thought it was really cool. I imagine I will feel just the same when, when we get the Black Panther film. That would also be amazing. It's just cool to finally see these sort of people represented, or, like, these... I guess minorities is the wrong word, but you know these superheroes on on the big screen. I love it.
0: What do you think, Bill?
2: Yeah, I, I mean like obviously all of that stuff's like great, and obviously having a you know a superhero that represents fifty percent of the population is um, is not a bad thing. I think Al Gadot or Gadot, hmm. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but um, is really really well cast and was good, but I think she just suffers the same thing that. Harvey Cavill, is that the guy who plays Superman? Henry Cavill. Who, Henry Cavill, it's who also movie. just seems like a perfect Superman to me, um, has that the films are just crap. Like, mm. the stuff on the island was really, really cool. I loved all that bit at the start. I thought, this is going to be a really good movie. And then it just descended into the same old mistakes that other DC movies have, I think. Like, you can't... Like, they made um, the German First World War Army into Nazis, which is like which is really inaccurate. And they take, like, real people and turn them into supervillains, which, again, is kind of bizarre. Uh, but they don't do that on the English. Like, they didn't make, like, John French or Haig or someone like that um, the god of war. They made a fictional character for that. But for the Germans, it's fine just to, like, make Ludendorff this, like, crazy, poisoned psychopath guy. Like, it's just, it's like, with Marvel, they're just better at saying, like, okay, well, World War II for Captain America is so much, it's such an easier play because they are the Nazis and the sort of good and bad thing is much it's much more obvious, and the Red Skull's are a fictional character as well. In DC, they just sort of, they just don't seem to like think about stuff. It's just like, oh, that'll be all right, and it's all so big. I find their movies, like the fight scenes, I just, I'm just like, I can't tell if I'm watching like a game or like a film. It's all, it's all. I just didn't. You know, I just don't enjoy. I just don't enjoy the way they make movies. I think, yeah, and that and that just puts me off. And they're like, the historical accuracy. I know it's a comic book movie and stuff like that, but I just think. I just think you can do a bit better, you know. Um, Obviously, like all the positive things are really, really great, but I don't. It doesn't make up for a film that I just think is, like, really flawed, I suppose. Yeah. I thought it was alright
0: I didn't think it was Like, I don't think I'll. I don't. I wouldn't be in any rush to see it again.
2: One other thing I'll say about it, sorry, just to interrupt you, and I think it's important, is that they just do not make their films funny in any way, Mm. DC films. Like, they don't seem to get that. You you need like a bit of humour mm. just just because it's all so silly, like it's all silly and you just just a little like nod to that mm. is effective because you just kind of think like that's why like Downey Jr. I guess is so good in his role in Marvel because he just pops in and like makes it like oh it is this is all nonsense like yeah it's effective isn't
0: it my just thing um, on Wonder Woman was that I think, you know. I didn't come out thinking it was like as dreadful. I remember you coming out like and being quite like vocal about how much you thought it was crap. But I just thought it was. Um, I didn't think it was anything particularly good. I thought the action scenes were just real poor. I just remember they 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 loved the real quick close up zooming on a character's face, didn't they? And they just seemed there just seemed no kind of like excitement to it or pace to it. As you say, get like in a Marvel film in a way.
1: Towards the end, the fight seems like that. When they were
0: fighting on the beach and stuff, or on the island. I think the island stuff was. Yeah, the island stuff was was like the highlight of the film. No, I was all right with with everything in the film until she went over the top. and Then she then stripped off down into like the costume, and then at that point, I was just a bit like. At that point, I just found that like
2: really like cheesy in a way. When she left the trench, it's just like, oh my god! And like the American guy working for the British government in the First World War, it's like, why is the guy? Why is this is an American spy at this stage of the war, like mm. doing this? I, I like I'm not even sure if America would have been in the war at that point. I don't think they gave a year. So it was all just like it had all those like it was like rocky, you know, like the way that you put like these weird, like patriotic kind of things in. Yeah. That you kind of thought were over now. Like I didn't really expect to see that in a film anymore, but there it was.
0: And then there was Spider Man. So we saw Spider Man Homecoming. So did you guys see it together? We, we did, did yeah. It's already given, yeah. Quite, so I,
2: much difficulty. Yeah. To find a time. But we, we did it last. We, d- we did it. We did it. Oh, so, oh, so quite
0: recently
1: yeah. then for you guys. Yeah, yeah. It, the struggle was to try and find someone that was still playing it.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? No, I mean, I am. Um, I quite liked it. Like, uh, well, do you know what? Actually, I actually found it quite. I found it just. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't necessarily think it was anything particularly amazing either. I actually found it quite, in some ways, just quite middle of the road and a bit bit dull, really. Like, if I had to give it a score, I'd give it, like, 6 out of 10. Certainly it wasn't bad. Certainly it wasn't very good. The one thing I did quite like is actually I kind of felt like, in a way, they're making Robert Downey Jr. to almost come across as, like, the bad guy, in a way, because the Vulture is only doing what he's doing because of the fact that Stark Enterprises has taken his his work away from him. And then, of course, you get Michael Keaton emphasising, like, you know, you've got to look out for the little guy and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm quite like that kind of angle on it. I think that's what I quite like about the movie the Marvel Universe, that they do acknowledge like all of that other stuff that's gone on previously.
2: Well, the DC tried to do it, don't they? With like in in Batman v Superman, they had like. But they're trying to. Can rush we it. trust the Superman? But they're world. trying, but I think they're yeah, rushing it. Aren't and it does, it? That's the problem. It's completely unbelievable. Whereas the way they just kind of thread in like someone else's perspective in a Marvel film, it's like it just. To me, Marvel—they just think about it so much more. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Like the angle of the super of um, Michael Keaton's character was s- so completely believable that you didn't have to stop and be like, "What's this guy's problem? Like, why yeah, is he doing yeah. this?" It's like well, it was pretty obvious. Like in one line, he can explain it, and we can all relate to it. Yeah. And Robert Downey of Iron Man or Tony Stark is a dick, isn't he? So you like, you're like, yeah, sure, that that's fine, and you can see how it all just kind of unravels. I agree that it was kind of bit like Doctor Strange really that everything in Marvel feels like it's kind of like waiting for Infinity War maybe and they're just yeah. kind of churning these out a little bit. On the other hand I'm not sure this film was really for me. Like I think it was aimed at a younger audience and I suspect maybe younger people might find it a bit might find, might find it better.
0: I wonder, if, I wonder if actually to a degree the film just suffers from just having so many Spider-Man films at this point with different actors over the last like what 20 years that it's just
2: a bit of a I think it sort of benefits from it in a way actually at the same time because I think those films kind of don't have a great reputation do they like no one really thinks of it. I mean the first Toby Maguire one people still seem to remember quite fondly and the second
0: one I actually saw a ret- I watched some retrospective review of it and they gave yeah. it like a real glowing review yeah. of that second sound so, one but
2: at the same time they still feel a bit they don't really have like the Nolan trilogy like no. respect do they? they're still a bit like especially the Garfield one like that just gets canned I guess like you like that one, but I watched
0: that the other day and I still loved it. Yeah, Which I mean that it? second movie. I thought uh, was Andrew terrible. Garfield. I
2: liked the Garfield. I liked Garfield. I thought the he, the, this. I thought the is it Tom Tom Holland. I thought he's the best Spider Man I've ever seen. Like he got it perfect for the for the, for the cinema. Mm. Like I think that yeah, you don't know, like for comic books. Maybe he's maybe a bit too young or something. But for cin- for film, I thought he was. I thought he nailed it really good. better than better than Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, and that's 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 the problem I think they've had with Spider-Man movies like getting a good Spider-Man
0: did you guys uh, did you guys stay right to the end to the end credits for the little Captain America thing we I mean, did got off we yeah. Got yeah. it was quite kind of funny though. Yeah. I quite like
1: that yeah Bill made us sit through I was going to get out and Bill was like no Gareth wouldn't forgive us so we ended up staying and I was like that's it we just got we just got trolled and that was it but yeah I, I feel the same way as as you Gareth about this film I was I watched it and I, I was really like, hyped for it but I don't know, nothing seemed to really happen or yeah. anything. I was like, yeah. Like, the whole thing, as you say, where, uh, what's his name, Birdman? Uh, Vulture. Vulture. Um, he he sort of plays on Spider-Man's sort of failed relationship with Tony Stark. He's like, what about the little guy? And Spider-Man's obviously just had his suit taken away. And he's like, oh, they could have probably explored that a bit more, but they don't. Yeah. And then he's like, Yeah, cool. Um I like the new suit, give it to me sort of thing. You so
0: know like Iron DC... Spider, that is that's from the comics, isn't it? Where I don't know if you do know that those mm-hmm. iron spiders are where well, Spider Man oh. creates a suit for Spider Man. It's a combination oh, okay. between they oh, cool. call it the iron but doesn't
2: spider. Take this, but
0: say, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean I think we're already and do yeah. that. I think
2: the thing with that film is where it's like D C films seem to really overreach and just like desperately try to make, like, the best comic movie ever and just throw everything at it and it makes it terrible. Marvel just seemed quite content to kind of be like, well, we know how to make a good film, so let's just, like, keep it. Well, the it thing there. is as well
0: with this one, so going back to your point about just gearing up for everything towards Infinity Wars, you can't sort So they almost... This story was always going to be about him sort of becoming yeah. a proper yeah. superhero. Then it makes him more relevant for Infinity Wars because they can't sort of have him as, like, the bit part guy in Civil War who kind of only he's sort of limited about what it what he's there to do and then suddenly have him thrusted in Infinity Wars and from my understanding he's going to be a big part of Infinity Wars isn't he because yeah, I wonder if they might when they might do the Civil War thing mightn't they eh? well kill off them. Spider-Man
2: well they've only got the rights to the Spider-Man films for a short period of no, time no they've they? already
0: announced they're going to do another two I think oh okay yeah. so I thought that
2: the, I thought the rights to Spider-Man like led towards the end of Infinity War so it kind of would make sense to maybe no I
0: reckon if they're going to kill off anyone there'll be someone like Hawkeye or something like that I you? don't even
2: it's no, they'll do Cap, Cap or something like that Will go I mm, think. No. There was. I read some of the thing about just just rebooting the whole the whole Marvel universe, like after this or something, just starting again. Oh really? Just being like it's it's we've got as far as it can go. Anymore. I mean, that would be ridiculous given yeah. like what they've established. But John, you
0: know, I'm almost certain I've read something that like Steve Evans, that's his name, whatever it is, Captain America, he's signed up to do. Chris Evans. He's signed up. Chris Evans. The one, DJ. <laughs> Are
2: you sure? Um, <laughs>
0: I think he signed up to do a few more things uh, okay. as Captain America. They do manage to so.
2: sort of keep them all on, don't they? It's yeah. quite good. They'll, they'll, much, yeah, but it, it works, isn't it? They yeah. all kind of like Ben Affleck. There's already talk of him like yeah. ditching his Batman. Well,
0: he's not. I wonder if they'll ever do an Iron Man him. film again. You know, it's you like at this point, you need to do, like, do all or, him, like, or up? Do you have him just turning up and sort of I'm because he's almost like the Nick Fury guy, hasn't he? Yeah, Nick Fury is in the new Infinity Wars, isn't he? So. Um, I
2: the, with with what Spider Man does in Infinity Wars, this film will be perfect for that. I think yeah. like I really love Spider Man's um, little cameo in Civil War. It's made that film and, yeah. and this film added to that. So I, I think that, I think they probably did a good job, but maybe like it is a bit too um, like a middle film, you know, where it doesn't do anything. Yeah,
0: it's just there to set up. Set up, isn't yeah. it? Probably. And there's
2: some really ridiculous stuff in it, like. That the plane that just like sets off, and right oh, no prote- like no, no, we've already seen in the movie that he's got this army of computerized Iron Men that just can protect anything and go around. So, like, the idea that they would ship the most valuable things the Avengers in this one plane with just no protection on it at all is there's loads of stuff like that in the film where they've obviously just like rushed it for a little bit, yeah, because that just especially when you know there's a thief on the loose. It's
0: interesting as well. I mean, I remember seeing something and We'll wrap this up and we'll wrap this up after this. But um, I remember seeing something where uh, they were saying how like there was a, a big reveal for the rest of the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe in Spider and I wonder if that was Gwyneth Paltrow coming back. Yeah, because I because I definitely saw something. So when um, Civil War was coming out, they I read something where they were saying how we were going to find out what we were going to get an update on Pepper Potts and Tony Stark's relationship, and of course it was just kind of alluded to at the beginning about how they. Well, like they sort, no, yeah, really. sort of split sort of split up. but then, yeah. then of course, we then see her back at the end of it, yeah. don't we? That she sort of comes and so I wonder if she has any kind of. I would imagine she might have a key role in, in Infinity yeah. Wars. Have even
2: stuff like Daredevil's
0: in yeah. Infinity Wars? I have so. no idea. I mean, I mean, but she'll be like kidnapped or something. Well, yeah, well like that's it. I mean, be, either, I, mean yeah. I mean, the only reason why I mean, because otherwise, like, why wouldn't like what's the point in having her come in for literally like sure. five like five seconds in. Maybe it'll Tony's outlook. Yeah, so I, so I think man. Man, something about her well, has like, to be key. Has to be key yeah. to the Infinity War story. Yeah. Even if it's just her breaking up with again or something yeah. like that, you know.
2: Maybe she's been Thanos all along. Yeah. Maybe maybe she is. It's probably
0: that. Yeah. Alright. Well, that is a big long intro, but uh, so we will come back in a second when uh, Bill will give the intro to the book, uh, which we haven't even mentioned yet. It is the One Hundred Nights of Hero by isabel greenberg um so yeah join us then and uh, we'll then go into the book in some more detail thanks <music>
1: hope
0: you're still with us everybody uh so what is that part of the show where i'm going to pass you to bill and he's going to give you a nice intro to the book
2: cool um so uh for this issue we're reading the hundred Nights of hero it's a book by isabel greenberg um it's published in October two thousand sixteen. Uh, so it's kind of new uh, by Jonathan Cape and Isabel Greenberg, Is British uh, comic book writer and artist. Um, I think she's actually in Brighton, uh, maybe lives in London, so it's kind of a local book as well. Um, the story is influenced by um, a collection of Middle Eastern folktales called 1001 Nights, I think it's kind of the main influence for this. Um, and it's set in the same universe as uh, the Encyclopedia of Early Earth, um, which was Elizabeth Greenberg's first. Uh, graphic novel. Um, so this being the second graphic novel, um, it's an enchanting collection of stories told by Hero, um, who's a member of the League of Story of Secret Storytellers, um, and she's supported by her secret love Cherry. Hero and Cherry are forced to hatch a cunning plan when the devious and despicable Manfred makes a wager with Cherry's evil husband Jerome for their respective castles. I think they trade something. Um condition- castles? Condition being that Manfred um, will be able to seduce Cherry over the course of a hundred nights. Um, here, in Cherry the witless Manfred, with a string of fantastic stories that delay and confuse the villain, whilst captivating the town of Migdolbarvul, which I might not pronounce properly. Um, it's sort of like a fascist medieval-looking town. Um, it sort of rem- uh, resembles uh, Republic of Gilead from Handmaid's Tale, um, but like way older. Um, Whilst getting the better of Manfred is a fairly straightforward task for Hero and Cherry, they are ultimately forced to take on the might of the Beaked Brothers. They tear down the pillars of repressive patriarchy and undo the evil doctrine of the omnipotent god of early Earth, Birdman. The artwork is wistful and beautifully coloured. The lettering is bold in places and subtle in others, mirroring the ebb and flow of each story. Um, it's a fairly large and heavy hardback book, but the size really suits the artwork and the book as a whole.
0: Cool. Thank you, Bill. Just a thought that I had as Bill was reading that. I think for all future issues going forward, what I'm going to start doing is put a timestamp in the offer. Sorry, in the episode description of when we actually start talking about the book for those who oh, just want to skip to idea. that. Yeah. Skip, skip to that point. <laughs> well, that so so
1: you people might not
0: want to listen to what we've been up. To, right? <laughs> you, I don't know. Do I? But I just know one of the podcasts I listen to do that for when they review a TV episode. I so. think that's a good idea. Cool. All yeah. right. So, then, in that case, join us next when we'll obviously go into the book in a lot more detail. Of course, raining really heavily, isn't it, guys? Ooh, <laughs> yep. It Unforecast. Yeah. Unforecast, I've got
1: to cycle home after this. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I've got. I've got to walk back to Finsbury Park, oh. so I'm going to get wet. And then I've got the long train journey back to Brighton. Mm. Yeah.
1: It's
0: going to be some soggy... Yeah. So
1: your journey's home, isn't it? Yeah,
0: but hopefully we can make it all better by going into lots of detail about this month's book, which as Bill has already told us, is the 100 bucks a hero bite, is about Greenberg. Now, Lila, you picked this book. I did. Do you remember why you picked this book? Because of course it was a couple of months ago now, was not it?
1: Uh, just because it looked really great and it was fairly new, so I thought we could... Do something
0: contemporary. Or Were you aware of how big it was when it came? No. No. It's a big. It's a good old. It's a proper book, isn't it? It's a you know proper. It's nice. A four size. Solid.
1: Solid yeah.
2: hardback, hardback book. book. Beautiful artwork. It's um, the same format as the as um, her really, first book, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Have you read her first book? I have. Yes. yes. Did you had had you read it previous to reading this book? I read it a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, did you? Um, and and you read I, it I loved
1: it. As I well. read it after reading The 100 Nights of Hero ah uh,
0: yeah because I remember when you were talking about picking the book you weren't you too which, which one to go yeah. for out of her too and I remember Bill I saying that you'd read the first I think it's better to
2: one? read the Encyclopedia of Earlier th- first and then read this book okay. but I think you could probably do it the other way around I think actually it's kind of one of those weird things if you read this book first you'd be really interested in it and then if you knew there was another book and set in the same world it'd be kind of it'd be kind of like reading The Lord of the Rings then go and read The Silmarillion maybe like you've got mm. this like good idea <laughs> And then you get to go and learn even more about it. So Because um... the encyclopedia of Early f is all based in the same world like Birdman yeah. it? kiddo that book's from a male perspective though well, it's, a, it's a male character oh is it yeah oh, okay um, see I wondered if like our other stuff kind of because obviously this has a strong undertone
0: of like, yeah. front and centre really of like feminism and
2: yeah no that I thought again it was a while ago but I'm pretty sure it was like this guy who lived like in a polar region maybe but um, yeah I think he, he's the main like protagonist it is
1: it's, he is the I great storyteller from the North Pole, yeah, see, yeah. and he goes around the world telling stories. Basically,
2: was
0: it that book that she, that she won the award
2: for? because No, you were saying she won the so award. I hard to say because I know I, I saw that she won uh, an Observer award for a comic book before she did these graphic novels. and yeah. I think that book was nominated for a couple of Pulitzers, but I don't know if she won them. She I won don't. an Eisner award. I read that. Uh, maybe it was Eisner. So. War- yeah. maybe probably not Pulitzer. Yeah, I was going to say journalism. Yeah, Eisner award. Um, so yeah, <laughs> she may have won that. Um, yeah, it's not it's not hard journalism. I think that's what the Pulitzer is, isn't it? So um,
0: so the book obviously, so it's told from the perspective
2: of. Well, hero, I guess, yeah, match.
0: hero I would say, but of course it begins actually, with with the story of how early Earth was created, didn't, didn't it? By um, yes. by
2: Birdman. Well Kiddo? Well, Kiddo, Kiddo, yeah. Kiddo creates it, and then yeah, this, this Birdman, uh, Birdman isn't? is God essentially. Yeah, isn't yeah. Like I don't know if there are other gods and maybe like get introduced at some point in these stories, but yeah, he's like. Your main god and then he's got children um, who are gods as well
0: and so then, just really quickly because we you know, don't want to go into that in too much detail because there's a different book so they don't reference that then in the encyclopedia of no, early earth yeah, oh, really well, oh yeah. okay so they talk about it in that as well yeah, they, yeah
2: yeah, yeah. Birdman has an even bigger role in the encyclopedia of the earth, okay, I remember okay correct um, so yeah in this story it kind of starts out that kiddos like create this really nice world and human beings are all kind of getting on and Birdman doesn't like it he's a nasty evil god and he he wants to have his sort of stamp on things, doesn't he? And he puts... I can't know, he puts in men's hearts, maybe? Desire or revenge or something like that. And then they start um, going to war with each other, don't they?
1: Yeah, so the world is going along just fine until he's like, well, these people don't know that you exist or uh, praise yeah. your yeah. praise your existence, so we're going to change that. And by doing that, uh, basically by introducing religion or forcing it, it kind of ruins everything
0: causes some big problems which well, is, he did uh, like the fact that they were breeding left right and centre
1: well and that she kiddo is really moved by the idea that they fall in love and that it's the greatest thing that can ever happen and it can you know start wars and things like that which is very true but then basically they force them to worship to Birdman and that's where the Beak brothers come in basically it's a big play on religion don't know if you know, anyone would be able to infer that aside from myself because it is so subtle. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think
2: that's you know, there's a bit of ribbing of religion going on here. But firstly. I think maybe also it might just be that you're. So um, the book is set, you know, like a really, really long time ago. So it might be more just kind of influenced by the Old Testament maybe because God in the Old Testament's a little bit. It's true. A little bit loose with uh, some of the things he does yeah, a couple of, big um, floods so maybe maybe it's more like to just um, have a little parallel with that um, and, it, and it's really really effective And but it's, it's, it's like one of the things that um, this book has a lot of is lots of good humour so yes um, this all probably sounds quite heavy but um, the interactions between Birdman and Kiddo are, are actually really funny um, and really tongue-in-cheek and um, the artwork has got that nice way of like showing eyes you know and eyes are quite funny a little knowing joke so I feel um, like all like that.
0: Birdman did was just because I'm just skimming through it I think just all what he actually did was just make them Make humans aware of him. Yeah, yeah. That was it. But you were saying he created revenge and things like. I just got it wrong. Did you guys, did you guys already say that? Because I was. Yeah, we uh, we, we saw I, like, so I got it, okay. I I got really it wrong. I remember
2: he did. I remember he did something, but I couldn't remember exactly. Yeah. I think I was just getting confused with like what happens afterwards, and then they all start fighting each other, and these different factions pop up, and um, it all kind of goes wrong. Yeah. And yeah, the main the, in this book, the the where it's set, um, the Beaks brothers kind of control everything, and they yeah. obviously praise um Birdman, which Birdman digs, he likes that. Yeah, I, I do think this
1: book, as as you touched on, does have it's like the perfect balance of being a bit absurd and funny and really dry. Yeah, that's what I've got to say really dry the humour. Yeah. And then it's also really honest and heartfelt and in in other places it just has a really nice human tone at times, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. I kind of felt which, like how I just loved. Yeah, so I liked the way how it was just written, really. Just um, I don't know. Like the sort of dialogue. Well, it's very conversational. I, I think
2: in, in the way. Well, how I it think it you structured, are supposed I'm to quite... be sat around the sort of yeah. campfire or whatever, like listening to these stories. That's that's the only way they're, you know, they're meant to be delivered. I think. And because so of it's that,
0: it's, yeah, and it's sort of and it's so there's a there's a nice kind of flow and a beat to it. I think, which is some, which actually, which to me made made it. Like actually just like a really quite easy read. Yeah. And even though in some ways like when you first get the book, because it is quite a chunky book, it's, I would say intimidating is the wrong word, but you feel like it's going to take you time. And it, and of course it does take you a bit of time, but it's not, but because it's but because of the way how it's written, it's because it is so conversational, it's quite an easy, quick
2: read. That yeah, reason. I found like I quite enjoyed just sort of picking up and reading one of the stories that Hero was telling and that would give you a kind of good little bit of information about how things are going with the evil bet but then you could just read this like nice sort of story she's telling you and the stories um, they're like these uh, folk tales I was really impressed with how like hard it must be to come up with stories like that Yeah. now like I know you can be influenced and it kind of hits that really sweet spot of creativity where you sort of you feel like these things have been done before but like maybe they haven't and like it seems like they've always been there um, but at the same time, they seem really, really new. It's a, it's a, it's a really um, that must be so difficult. Like, God knows like how much editing and stuff had to go down to like pick the right stories and stuff. But um, yeah, the stories you can kind of pick them up and read through, and they got like a nice little moral bent. Um, normally there's some kind of like poetic justice doled out in some of them. Um, in particular, the the harp that gets. Um, from a sister who gets like, thrown in a river and killed and then that gets played at the wedding and it's all revenge and yeah. it's you know it's, it, it comes together really really nicely and really, really quickly it's got like really nice, like quick fluid pace of, that you expect from these stories but you think of these stories as being written like hundreds of years ago in a completely different culture and time and things like that so to be able to do it now I think is, is, is kind of a good trick the Through the Woods book we read has kind of got a similar kind of vibe to yeah, it yeah absolutely um, but this, yeah I mean they're both good It is,
1: like you say, amazing that these stories are new. I know you said that they might have been influenced by other books previously or tales, but as I was reading I was just thinking, how this is amazing, how has this been just popped out of someone's brain? It feels like it's a genuine,
2: real story that people would have told around the campfire. I don't even mind if they're influenced. Like any, any. But still, one of the nice yeah, things about stories wow. like that is that they do tend to just be like, you know, just things that are built on top of other things, and they, you know, they are, you know, clearly influenced by other things, and that that's kind of nice that, you know, it doesn't have to be like completely original, but it's just, it's just different enough that um, it feels kind of contemporary and and interesting um, and modern. It's really clever. Like, yeah. know, God knows. How you it's
1: do. the. the what really sold it for me, or, or not, not that it needs selling, was just the. I found them the story so honest and heartwarming, and oh, I don't know, I just really loved it. it. It's hard to put it into words, but as we said, it's like really funny as well within these stories. Like there's just some lines like he's lost a plot mate. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Just like sticking that in there really randomly or that. You should never trust a poisoned sausage. Which is just like yeah, sort of and, that and that's a little callback to the really first book as yeah. well. Um, it's just that, like I was, I laughed out loud a lot at this book when it was when I was going through it. It was so well written, and we haven't even touched on the illustration really.
2: The illustration is, is what adds to the humor though, because those lines are really, really kind of snappy and, and funny. But they're, they're delivered always with just like a, like a sort of facial expression, which yeah. really makes them work. Um, all the characters kind of look honest when they say those those little lines I actually kind of found
0: that this book kind of worked as well just by like you didn't need like a huge amount of um I kind of feel like just like it's I don't know like the illustration obviously really really adds something but I almost feel like the stories are told in a way where like you could just read them and you wouldn't even need the illustrations which I think which I guess is kind of the point because like you say yeah you kind of sat as you mentioned you know the whole the way how it's
2: structured is you know, you're supposed to be sort of sat around with Hero listening to her. Yeah, the illustrations enhance so, the mood. I yeah. think, that you're, the, 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 of you reading them, but yeah, the stories would stand alone as they are and would make a, a pretty strong collection yeah. anyway. I think.
0: Do you um do you know like what the you know in your opinion or have you read anywhere like what the kind of agenda of the book was? Because obviously, as we sort of mentioned, like the huge is of. I don't know
1: what the the agenda is that. If, or if there was one, but I don't know. But obviously it's very pro women yeah. and that's great. That was another big factor as, as to why I loved it. Um but I don't know if there was if it if that was a retaliation to something, because as we said in the insight, Peter F, there is still an element of being very pro women as well. Yeah,
2: I I think it's more just a message of equality, yeah. maybe I might be misinterpreting that, but um it just seems to me that the The society is is really repressive and could certainly be, you know, an easy metaphor for how things are now. There is gender inequality and stuff like that, so um, that makes sense. But there's no like, it's like that. It's from what I remember, like they only seem to be overthrowing power structures and doctrine that is repressive, um, and the, it just so happens that the, the really powerful and smart characters in the book are female, and they're the heroes of the story, so mm-hmm. in like a really, really clever and kind of witty way, but there's also really tragic as well, like some really sad things happen throughout the book because of um, the way that society's been structured, um, so you, it's not all just kind of like, oh, we're going to like tear this down, you do, you do get kind of feeling of, um, this is, this isn't a nice place. Um, and that men certainly, like, maintain it and benefit from it. Um, that's why it's got that kind of weird, like, but hands-made...
0: To it I would also. almost say, though, isn't it? Because the thing is with it, though, is that even with... It almost just seems like... Because when you think there's, like, the plucky little farm boy so he's a so he's now he's a male character who doesn't really subscribe to to that same stuff you know he doesn't end up marrying any of the 12 sisters in that storyline and he ends up just building a house for his gran essentially and then also even like with um hero and uh, cherry yeah um, they uh, you know after uh, after cherry's husband comes back and they don't um you know and and they accused them of being witches the guards are sort of apologising and thanking them for the storylines and saying or for the stories and saying that you know he's told his daughters and his daughters are now going around telling everybody so it's almost like you know it's almost there is also just an element of it just being like the man oh no I I think it's I think it would be
2: to, to be too kind of thin an explanation just to say oh this is a book, you know, a feminist manifesto or something like that. Like, to me, it's more, or like, well, certainly linked to it, is just power generally. Maybe it's more to do with socialism or something like yeah. that because um, you're right. The the, power, the characters in the book that don't have power are the ones that do the kindest gestures and yeah. do the most hmm. remarkable things. The, the ones good. who have money and influence are evil and make really horrible decisions that affect the people kind of below them. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a, a, a message of equality, maybe more than um more than something like gender it it is gender-based obviously and but there is also like i think the best books that um kind of tackle feminism also kind of acknowledge that there are you know there's like male people and characters in the book that are also like struggling and doing their own thing like you can't ignore like race you can't ignore like other yeah you know sexual premise or anything like that like um, so it tackles all different things it's not it 's not just one side of um, like class struggle or something like that yeah.
1: did anyone have a particular story that jumped out for them the most? I mean I, I did because I did have a little a little weep both times that I read it um, with regards to the story about the moon things called phases that one that one was definitely very moving uh, yeah, that for was me, really anyway it's nice. such a great. Story, but also so sad. Yeah, and she never mm. sees him again, but gives him this great, great child, which turns out to be Hero's mother. Um, but yeah, that was yeah,
2: just I really enjoyed that story. I thought beautiful. the glass house with the poison sausages was, was well, a I also just, it was a good quite
0: story. just quite like the first one with like the sisters who learned to read and write secretly, and then she she wrote, yeah. like, I love you on the glass, and then you know, like her husband didn't even know what it says. Yeah. yeah, so it's just interesting that you know, that that's like a real because obviously. You know it's interesting that these women have been their perception is that you know men will know what reading and writing is, and she can tell her husband that she can do this, but actually he doesn't even know what what you know he doesn't even the know reading
2: what side of it really kind of emphasizes the like power part of this book as well because I think um that history of, like removing people's um access to books and literature and stuff like that like like for example like when you couldn't read the bible um the church just had like all the power over the people because it was, it was impossible for them to read it and have their own interpretation of it. As soon as there was an English version of the Bible or a Bible in German or any other language like that that they could actually just pick up and read and be like, "Hey, I don't agree with that." Those people were suddenly hugely empowered and yeah. caused like massive problems. So mm-hmm. um, historically, kind of speaking, I think it's I think it's I think it's good like that. It mirrors all of stuff that's happened before. Um, maybe that's why the stories feel so kind. Of, easy to pick up and digest because you can really see like human behaviour yeah. um, it doesn't feel any of it like too much of a stretch in a weird way no, no it does seem like it's based in things that happen. obviously read. the bird god and the moons being people and stuff like did that did you but pick a paper story Bill? No. I said that I also like phases but the, the yeah, glass house sausage. one I think was cool um, and yeah the one that you mentioned as well was really good I, I like very one sell? with it. Um, Did they did they get the books taken away from them? So
1: they the caught with them
0: this is the
1: first story yeah so first story the
0: book was so the sisters put some of her fl- four or five books in her sort of suitcase essentially and then the um, and then the husband f- found the books in the suitcase kidnapped well sort of he then took them to the Beaked Beaked Brothers Beaked Brothers and then they then sent a message they then sent a letter to the sisters mm-hmm. and of course it was a trap wasn't it because yeah. they're sort of oh, saying because yeah, like, they, they're basically saying well, if you can read this, then we know that you're doing you're witches. Doing, or, you're, you're witches. Yeah. But then they, they went along anyway yeah. to sort of look Save after the and then they, they they died. But then
1: their dad leaves a really beautiful monument with the yeah. five dancing stones yeah. on the top of yes. the cliff, yeah. and then he just spends the rest of his time reading and looking at all the art yeah. and, and really reading did. their stories that yeah. they wrote. Beautiful but yeah. sad ending, obviously. Same as like in the moon, she can't she can't keep the kid because kids too great to be stuffed mm. up in the movie without anyone to
0: talk to so she has to give it up just going very quickly back to the humour I just I thought it was really good how like you know Isabel Greenberg would sort of acknowledge that the stories would suddenly you know one one story ended she would like do the asterisks and then at the bottom she would, she would be like yes it has been five yeah. yes we have told the story in only five days type thing. I kind of thought that was just like quite a nice sort of subtle funny way just to acknowledge like
2: yeah that's the thing those little things just like I said the book is you do get it so sort of, oh, it's, it's going to be quite one to lug around um but in yeah when you read it it's, it's it's just really really intimate with those little messages and mm. stuff and you can kind of sit there for ages with it
0: and it's nice how they all tied together as well at the end yeah absolutely
2: did you
1: i don't know if this was just me overthinking it but did anyone think that this was like a really amazing love letter to someone or
2: to a I don't know for some reason I was like I wonder if this is well I guess the like the the sort of main story within it of hearing Cherry is is, is, a, is a tragic love story isn't yeah. it um, so yeah possibly maybe it's just a yeah. I mean I'd be pretty happy to receive yeah. this as a love. Well, one. I hope it, I don't know it seems quite
1: sad ah but maybe yeah I guess it is, it is a bit <laughs> yeah because it's, it's not like a
0: story about regret never, they, is it they live
1: on as stars forever yeah Which, that's beautiful
2: yeah, <laughs> I like jump out of the tower, they? but they don't die. They get saved. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm only I'm, I'm, I'm really joking. I know. I know. No, it's um that yeah that that is that is really, really nice. So yeah, maybe. Maybe that was. Just I mean, like, like a, I, I think it probably is like a romantic element to it because that that comes across. But then
0: maybe it's about sisters because a lot of it is to do with sisters.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: In the, um, I, I find it quite funny, in the, in the store of the glass house with the 12 sisters, when the, um, when the sister's dad was sort of complaining about people having too much sass. Because to me, like, sass to me just kind of is like, a bit more of that sort of East Coast American-like, kind of like... Yeah. You go, girl. Yeah, attitude kind of thing. But when he sort of said it, yeah. and, uh, I just found that just, so when he was saying, when he was kept in referencing sass, I was just kind of just thinking that and just always just brought like a smile smile to my face I
2: can't like imagine how like hard like how much work goes, it's one of those it is one of those books that sometimes you get with graphic and I just think like how much goes into it like mm. it must be because it's not just possible.
0: one st- it's, got, it's not just like one story if you know what I mean either like, no you've got to like, do tons and then edit it and tie it all together then, like, draw it yeah it's,
2: it's, it's such a yeah. like huge achievement on it like yeah. what it is we should,
0: we, we should ask her what her creative you know how long it took her to do it Creative I mean, is
2: there, I think there's a couple of years maybe between the two books. We
0: could uh, tweet. Um, her. She has the light heart tweet already on this. She this has. Podcast,
2: yeah, oh, that's good.
1: Maybe she won't after she hears it. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that when you're talking about an achievement, because it is, I, I was a, a massive achievement, as is the first book. But I, I, when I was going through it, it, it really reminded me of the Chris Ware book we read.
2: Yeah, I've read people comparing it to Chris uh, Ware as well. Really. Which yeah, Chris
1: book sorry, So that was when we read the, it was the story of that boy I can't remember the name Jimmy Corrigan Jimmy Corrigan Oh, that one I didn't read <laughs> Oh, right, okay Yeah, I kind of see Because it's it. just like, such a massive work
2: Yeah, no, I, I read I read something that, that compared it to Chris Ware as well and I, I kind so of had, had to really think about really it good, like for a little is. while and Yeah, I mean obviously, like there is something in that I think they both can use a sort of turn of phrase and uh, uh, with illustration to like really ram home a point mm. um, and they both can like you can feel like quite comfortable with the characters quite quickly without you don't know, need like ton of like backstory and stuff like yeah. that you kind of like can get straight into it you know and, and, and immediately sort of have a connection to them so I think the way that they probably write their characters is, is maybe quite similar as well stylistically I'd say it's really different like, oh definitely yeah the art is different I mean just yeah. I, I was talking about the
1: the sentiment maybe that's the thing that's like kind sentiment of the effort that had to go into it it's so complete I think this book just like I I felt the same about Jimmy Corrigan and the Chris Ware book uh, like it's just a really really complete well accomplished put together graphic novel yeah but, like, and I it's, think and, it and it's being
2: together. able to like thread a bunch of different stuff together and not yeah. and, and and hold it together you know like like I said, there's all these different stories in this, but it's not—it's not really just like a collection of like individual comic books. Like there is an overarching story which completely ties into everything. So you can kind of imagine you just have to have this huge board of string or something like yeah. connecting everything and the characters all together. Like that is hard, and I guess like maybe that's a good comparison. to And that, that's
1: where it's different to *Through the Woods* by Emily Carroll. Yeah. Because this book, although there's say five or six stories within it not only do all of those stories tie together at the end there's also the story that's ongoing throughout the book of uh, Cherry and Hero yeah. so there's so many stories it's yeah it's so good how it's all all tied together again at the end and all just never feels like it goes goes off topic or anything it was
0: very very well done agreed mm. um cool uh alright well uh well cool We'll uh We'll end that here and then um, we'll come back in a moment and then we'll give our final scores for the book. So it's final scores time now. So we're going to, uh, so for those first-time listeners, what we will do is that we'll give a final score out of 10. Um, and we always start with the person who picked the book. So this was leader, so we're going to go to leader and he will give you his final conclusion.
1: I am going to give it a ten out of ten because I really, really love the book. And the second time round it was I found it just as moving as I did the first time round. I loved the message of the book, the illustration, the artwork. It's amazing. It's really funny, uh, but also really, really touching. Um so I've got like two quotes here that you know, it just really stood out to me when I was reading it. So one was uh, You Are the Greatest Adventure of My Life, which I just thought was really, really nice, given all the adventures that they'd been speaking about. And then another one was when Kiddo was talking about the humans on early efforts, when she's talking about sex and she just describes it as kind of gross. <laughs> and I just really loved that. And I think that sort of sums the book up perfectly, those two lines. But, yeah, absolutely amazing. And obviously I went straight out and bought... Encyclopedia of Early Earth, and that's just as good. So
0: yeah, a big ten. A big ten from Lena. Yeah. Um, I would give it. Yeah, Joe, you know I'll give it a ten as well. I was going to give it a nine, but do you know what? I'll give. It... But then I can't think of any reason why I would knock it down. And I, I always feel like as well. I, I almost just want to apologise because I kind of feel like I haven't really been able to sort of sum up or justify or even maybe like fully sort of articulate the reasons why why I love the book. But I just. I just I just really enjoyed it the two times I've read it thus far I've really really enjoyed it I think it's structured brilliantly. I just kind of just like just the actual physical book itself something about I think the art's great I don't know I just I love I love the kind of themes and tones and you know I just love love as well and I kind of feel like obviously an underlying thing is always just about love and love between two people and who doesn't love love? You know, it's the only drug I need. So, you know, I don't know. It's great. I think it's brilliant. I just think it's a really, really good book. And it's just such a, a wishy washy thing. But I just can't. I just kind of feel like this is one of these great books which you could always give to somebody who just has this. Because I tell people, and I'm sure we all have this, where sometimes I say, yeah, you know, like I do, like I've Yeah, it's like on graphic novels. And of course, they just assume that every week it's, so what's Spider Man up to this week? And it's like, I like well. What it was at the start. Huh? <laughs> which you kind of made <laughs> us at the start. We <laughs> <laughs> <They laughs> didn't speak about the Spider Man movie yeah. quite. A lot, but you know. But my point is, though, is that it's not. Just, but it's not just that, and I just, and I always just feel like this is one of these books which you could hand somebody in and be like, well, this probably wouldn't, this would probably, this wouldn't be what your expectations were, and it breaks down barriers in many, many ways. Some of which, I don't know if I'm the best place to kind of talk about, but still, I loved it. Great book. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel. <laughs> I thought
2: you were thanking me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Isabel. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably give it a 10 as well. I just, Ooh. I can't think of like, I could give it, the only reason I would give it anything less than that would just be because I'm comparing it and being like, well, i like that more, maybe I didn't. So um, I would just be being uh, an idiot really. So um, yeah, like a 10, I love the book. It's one like, it's why um, I'm really, really happy that I decided to start reading graphic novels a few years ago one of those, like, it's, it's when it comes through, you think, oh, it's brilliant, so, mm. um, and I definitely think that your uh, your choice quotes, Leader, were um, a really good really good summary yeah, of what the book's breaking. about. sex
0: is gross, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, my intro, because in my intro, they say that, you know, uh, kiddo says they say, it is the most, on the subject of love, they say it's the most powerful, it's more powerful than any other feeling, and if you lose it, once you have it, it's possibly... It, it is possible to suffer with what they call a broken heart. It's like, oh, that's really good I quite like that little, that that one over two panels though, but yeah, (laughs) it's good. I like it. All right. Um, So we'll end it there. Next month, I don't know, we might try and squeeze two in this month maybe. sounds good to me. But I think, so we're going to try something new. We're going to try and pick up a bit of a, like a seminal book, which some of us which either all of us have read before, or maybe the majority of us have read before, whereas typically we've always tried to do something um, new, which none of us have read before, but we just kind of think it would be a good way just to engage more people. So I think in two weeks, or, or our next book, we're going to do The Watchman. Do do The Watchman?
2: Yeah, I like The yeah. Watchmen. Yeah. 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 And
0: Gareth's never read it. Uh, so I've never read The Watchman, but I have owned it for a very long time, so... Um, it's officially my picture. So I will finally. You know I've started it. I just have never gone around to finishing it. So I'll get around to finishing yeah. it, and doing it again. So, yeah. But uh, until then, you know, uh, like us on Facebook slash Graphic Wieners. You know, like like us on Twitter or follow us on Twitter again slash Graphic Wieners. Leave us reviews on iTunes. You know, that thing apparently helps. Um, you know, and tell your friends and family. But yeah, until then, it is. Goodbye from me. I am Gareth Case. And it's goodbye from Lida. Goodbye. And
2: goodbye from Bill. Goodbye. I
0: love you.